for the Dreams of Children podcast series from Connie Maxwell Children's Ministries, featuring President Danny Nicholson. This series exists to bring to light stories of children and families. Well, hello, everybody out there. This is Danny Nicholson, president at Connie Maxwell Children's Ministries, and we are here recording another session of For the Dreams of Children podcast. Welcome. We've had some wonderful stories that have been told, and they mean so much to us to enjoy and to think about the meaning of our children and this beautiful place we call Connie Maxwell. Today, I am fortunate to have someone whom I love and appreciate and respect so much. Virginia Beam was a child here at Connie Maxwell, and she's always been a part, strong commitment to Connie Maxwell, to our home, to our children. And I just thought it would be a great thing to invite her to come and talk about her story, her love for Connie Maxwell, and share anything that she would like to share today. So welcome, Virginia. Hi, thanks for having me, Dr. Daddy. I'm glad you're here, and let's just get right off into it. I'm ready. And enjoy it. Um, The first question that I love to ask is, what what does Connie Maxwell, and I know this is hard, but what does Connie Maxwell mean to you? Oh, wow. That is a tough question to begin with, Dr. Danny. Um, well, can I just say one word that stands out in my mind right away is they rescued us. Mm. Uh, I was one of uh, 10 children. I yes. like to say 10 little Indians yeah. because I'm from <laughs> an Indian heritage. And uh, three days after I turned five, my mother passed away from breast cancer. And there were two younger than me. So, but anyway, for about three years, Dad, with the help of the older sisters, tried to hold us together. Mm. And after that time, it was apparent Dad was not able to take care of us financially or any other way. So, uh, as God would have it, a distant cousin was home in McCall, South Carolina. Mm. I'm trying to find her now. Mm. Rosalie Martin was her name. Rosalie Martin. Uh, Rosalie Martin. And they found, Dad found out from her about Connie Maxwell. So mm. he got the ball rolling. Mm. I know that Dad made the decision to bring us here. But I, I bet got, that was a hard decision. I, it I'm was sure hard because he later wrote, I've got letters that I've kept where Dad, it was tough for him. He wanted us to be in no other home but his own, but he said, I don't know what would have happened to us had I not taken you to Connie Maxwell. It was an act of love an for act, him. Yes. yes. So I have to say that rescue... Mm. Our salvation is what mm. Connie Maxwell was. And uh, sometime years back, I gave a little talk to a church uh, trying to tell them what Connie Maxwell had meant to me. Mm. So, you know, I'd like to just, because I, I knew I thought a lot, put a lot of time and thought into it. And there were four main areas mm. that, that I felt that Connie Maxwell gave to my family mm. and to me. And I could sum it up the spiritual life, Right. Which to even today, God knows it's had an impact on me and I'm yes. so thankful for the foundation that I got. And to. that's why we exist, actually. That's that's the how mission for that, us our faith in Christ and to teach and disciple right. our and, kids. And it was the believers that began the ministry a hundred mm-hmm. what, twenty nine thirty years yeah. hundred and thirty years right ago. Age, yeah. And then of course the health care. Uh, I came as an eight year old, uh, very needy, uh, 
and dental work <laughs> and uh, some other uh, areas. But right away, you know, uh, and the dentist used to come on the campus at that time. Oh. So I was a frequent visitor to the dentist chair. So uh, anyways, and then, of course. Not fun, but necessary. Not, not right? fun, but necessary. <laughs> and then the other thing, uh, I felt like the early years had caught up with us. From the time my mom died till I got into Connie Max, well, those are the only times I remember doing without. Mm. But by the time I was 13, I felt like those early years of uh, deficiency caught up with me and I needed a blood transfusion. And mm -hmm. I may get back to that, an important person in my life when that sure. happened. So I had, I had uh, tonsillitis several mm -hmm. uh, winters in a row. I got my tonsils taken out. Everything, my health care needs were taken care of. Right. Okay? That's and great. I doubt my dad would have been able to do any of that. And we, and we do that for our children today. Mm -hmm. Just to let, I know you'll be glad to know oh, that yes. so many go to get their glasses so they can see or they go to the dentist. So we continue to make sure those kinds of things are That's taken right. care That's right. I also got glasses, too, in the seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, education and other activities. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, to the sixth grade, we went to uh, classes here on the campus, and then it was exciting to go to public schools public in the school. seventh grade. And then we had all the other activities. Well, I think you were a cheerleader. Weren't you a cheerleader? Yeah, I told Deborah about being a cheerleader, <laughs> which was quite interesting in the junior high in the eighth grade mm. that I was voted uh, to be cheerleader in the ninth grade. And, oh, I was so oh, excited. Oh, you were so excited. So excited. Well, I'll tell you what was really sweet was and this is for all our listeners to understand these kind of things more deeply but this 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 doesn't run shallow folks these these things are formative in people's lives and they hold on to them forever and there was one little girl that needed to be sponsored uh for her cheerleading outfit recently at school and virginia beam made sure that those little girls had the cheerleader outfits they needed. So that's how sweet, this lasts with you, doesn't it? Yes, it, it yes. Your whole life, and you want to help others and other kids. Well, and, what was wonderful, I said, Lord, what a blessing. You took a childhood experience of mine mm -hmm. and let me do a fundraising for not only the cheerleaders, but we were able to get enough money for other sports that uh, needed equipment. Yeah, precious. And uh, so, of course, I sent the fundraising letter to everybody I knew. True, I know. I noticed your <laughs> list got longer and longer and longer. But it was, <laughs> but it was uh, memories that um, that you know that they let us do uh, things that. Well, and I think I think maybe what we're recognizing, we're building some things around, continuing to build things around, is that a dream can save a child's life. Yes. You can gain your identity and your confidence in probably it helped you to be a cheerleader, you know, That's right. grow your confidence and all. So we found that other kids need, might not be cheerleading, but it might be playing basketball or it might be science academics you know mm -hmm. whatever it is they love it so. absolutely builds self-confidence and that's important for a kid who has nobody that's right so. coming from most of our backgrounds and then of course the other area dr danny that has served me well all of my life and my family that was mm. here too is the work ethic mm. what they taught us here we did have responsibilities mm -hmm. i had them in the cottage and out of the cottage uh, 
I, you know, help my house mother cook maybe a month at a time, and then maybe I did some help cleaning the floors. Or so you learned another. stuff. I learned I mean. things. And then as I got older, I went in the afternoons after school, I went to some of the boys' homes and ironed their shirts. And believe me, I learned to iron a white starch shirt <laughs> collar without any wrinkles. I'm sure that's not easy. I'm sure <laughs> no, it's not. But I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but... Uh, <coughs> So those are the, the main areas that um, uh, th- that so I. So name those again: spiritual, my spiritual, my health care, and my education and other activities, and I kind of lump those together. And you work and then work work at them. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's so so. All of those are so important. So to uh, sum up in one word. Trying to describe Connie Maxwell is very, very hard. But I think one word that would describe how I was treated and what I witnessed the yes. 10 years that I was here, yes. uh, the devotion, devotion, mm-hmm. uh, the devotedness that the staff had to the children. Matter of fact, the two years after I left Connie Maxwell, it, I had a pretty tough time because I left here thinking that everybody was good. Mm. And I found I got a rude awakening when I went out in the world and realized I was not that important to everybody else. You know? <laughs> but um, We all have that lesson to learn, yeah, don't so we? So I had about two years that I had to learn uh, you know, mm-hmm. that, that everybody, my well-being was not everybody else's concern like I had been used to. But I guess it touches me that you said devotion. Such a special word. It's such a committed word. It's such a strong, I'm not going to leave you mm-hmm. kind of word. And I imagine there's somebody or a house parent that displayed that devotion to you, that, that makes you think of Connie Maxwell's devotion? Is there a house parent or somebody um, that was by your side that that really made you feel loved and, and that they were devoted Absolutely, to absolutely, Dr. Danny. Um, and of course, with that word devotion, you know, comes love too. Yes. The love that you feel because, you know, they're permeating Well, there love. probably is no devotion without love, right? There you go, there you go. So, so, yeah, go together. Yes, my house mother. Mm. And what was her name? Do you remember? Yes, sir. Rosebud Lawton. Rosebud Rose Lawton. Rosebud Lawton. And she went to be with the Lord a number of years ago. Mm. But she was on the campus. As a matter of fact, she raised her. She came. She became a widow, and she brought her little girl oh. and uh, uh, Maryville. Uh, and so. Uh, Rosebud and Maryville. Rosebud and Maryville. Those are beautiful southern yeah, names, right? Yes. I love it. But she, I knew she loved me. Mm. And I can tell you, because maybe it might be silly to some people, some of the ways that I knew she loved me. Um, uh, I could tell you a few. I well, tell a, me one. I'd love I, to I hear I had it. a crush on this guy in town. He's very popular. From the seventh grade through 12th, very popular. Great football player all through school. And his picture was in the paper all the time, especially football season. She knew I wanted that newspaper. I started Whoa. asking because his picture was in there, and I would cut out his picture. Oh, Seventh it. through the twelfth, I cut his picture out every time I could see. But she would hand she me the paper it. when she was through with it. Oh. She would hand me the paper, or she would say, 
the papers of mouth study, you know, if you when you're ready for That's it. That's so sweet. Okay. That was one and then another from a very early age. That's like a mom. Yeah, right. You know? Mom would do that. Because yeah. she knew it meant something to me. Sure. And so uh another thing is that uh, from a very early age I like coffee. And we weren't supposed to have coffee. We were so young and it right. stunted our growth. That's an adult <laughs> beverage, coffee. <laughs> yes. And she um <coughs> She would always make herself a pot of coffee, you know, in the morning. True. And sometimes, especially when I was on kitchen duty, I'd be standing there at the sink washing dishes, and she'd come over to me and she'd say, well, there's coffee in that pot on the stove. It oh, would be no. a shame to waste it. That's <laughs> all it. she knew to have to say because I knew I was welcome then to go get go it. Go get the coffee. Yeah, right, go get the coffee. So I could go on and on about this lady. Uh, now, did I complain about some of her rules and regulations? Sure you did. Yes, but listen, right now I just like her. I, <laughs> I mean, I want the kids to have manners at the table. Sure. She didn't like um, she didn't like drawers or doors to be ajar. If they, mm-hmm. when I left to go to school, I could look around. Everything was in its place. The drawers mm-hmm. were pushed in. The closet door closed. And I used to be so aggravated. Why does she need that? Why is that so important? Uh-huh. I'm I'm the very same way. I love it. I want it neat. I want it closed. But you got uh, a little bit of rosebud in me. I got some rosebud in me. <laughs> and after she retired and she went to the nursing home in Lawrence, I still visited her every time I came oh, to campus. I would go back by and see her. But she absolutely left her mark all on on me, and it was like I say, very very good. Well, I know that I know that. Um, there's so many folks who have those little moments that you knew you were loved, defined your your stay here, and made you feel like you were at home. And um, and I think that Virginia, I think that's why people come to these these uh, podcasts um, because we all love stories about being loved and being held and having a home and talking about all those things. Because when you dwindle it all down into one melt it all down to the pot we're all the same we just want to be loved and belong and to have our heart in a place that we can uh, choose our values and who we are that's right. which is uh, that's it's right. christ jesus here you know for us and so i, I know that people are going to enjoy listening to your, to your well could i tell you one other person that impacted sure. my life so yes, much please mr george teasley uh, you know his pictures. I right saw. I saw that when I came in. I love it. Uh, well, first of all, when I was going to school on campus, still in lower grades, he was our principal, hmm. and I had a crush on him. Oh, yeah, I, I love did. it. I did. Uh, Mr. Anyway, Teasley. Yeah, I, I had a crush it. on him, and then of course he got married to Annette, and then uh, I remember when he brought Bill around to show the baby to our classes and all. Oh, uh, but fast forward a few years, he was our coach in basketball. Mm. And there were a few times I wanted to quit. I just thought it's too much work. No, you can't quit. You, you can't quit. You. So, and of course, I it ended up being an incredible memory of mine and part of my history. made you hold history. on. Yes, we loved it. Loved the games. And um, but when I was thirteen, I told you I had to have a blood transfusion. Mm. So they. Um, put out to see who had a match for me. And I don't know if the blood banks are like they are now, but anyway, they told me that uh, 
Mr. Teasley was my match. Oh. So Mr. Teasley gave a pint of blood, which oh. they said they gave directly to me. Oh, and so that is such a so beautiful story, I, Virginia. You talking about you know, Jean Bishop wrote that book about someone held my, held hand. my hand. I was too late in getting my story in, but I felt like I should have put that. Yes. Mr. Teasley held my hand. Yes, but he and I had a very strong bond all these years, uh, and and Ed as well. I still see her when I, I'm down. But well, um, that is that is. That's maybe one of the most touching stories and so, that I've heard so far because you had a crush on him. He yeah. was your teacher or principal, and, and then all of a sudden he had the blood yes. that you needed. And, and when they uh, had his celebration when he retired, yes. they asked me to speak, mm. and I was able to tell my story, which I, I don't have time to tell more here because I had some humor mixed in with it. <laughs> I know he so, would have been yeah. happy that you did that. I know when I got, I got here... Sue Sheriff. Mm -hmm. I was on the way to Columbia in the car. Brand, I was kind of really brand new and just trying to get my hands around everything. And Sue called me on the phone. And, and I think we were having a portrait made for James Wright because he was interim president, you know, yes, in between yes, all yes. the before, before I became president. And she said, You know, there was one guy that served as interim president and we're gonna. We have all these people, but you know what, Danny? We don't. We don't have a portrait for him. Oh. And I said, Well, <laughs> well, Miss Sue, who is that? And she said, George Tinsley. Mm. So I remember being on the phone. Of course, I mean I'm brand new, but I knew that if Sue said he had given yes. and served, that I could count on that. So I told her right there on the phone. I said, Well, we'll just have to make a portrait of George and put it up with the rest of the presents. And she said. Really? And I went, absolutely. So we did. Well, he was a prince of a man, in mm. my opinion. Mm. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, and just, you know, wonderful thoughts. So your one word that you said a little bit earlier, would you, would you stick? I usually say at the end, I say, is there one word? And you said that, that you felt like your one word was, was devotion. Which encompasses love and everything else. So would you say, when you think of George Teasley, mm -hmm. you think of devotion? Oh, yes. Do you say, when you think of the people in the uh, Rosebud? Yeah, oh, yes. Would you say you think of devotion? Mm -hmm. and, and also my um, social worker. Mm -hmm. Her name, uh, uh, Mrs. Dawson, when she got married. Ms. She Dawson. was Cullum. She was not married when we first came. She uh, got married to Mrs. Dawson. And she's long been passed away, I think. Mm. But yeah, so yeah. Well, I think the name uh, we usually kind of choose a name for you know what we talk about, and I think devotion would be a beautiful thought of mm. your framing Connie Maxwell. And mm -hmm. I, th I don't think you can think of a more beautiful word because that encompasses love and encompasses peace. You know, devotion is a sturdy, sturdy word about the character That's right. of something. And so we both know you and I both know the Connie Maxwell has a lot of character oh, and a question. lot of devotion. Well, it, look, our roots are deep here. Mm. Roots are deep. And uh, it, it can't, you know, I feel like my brother Harold said mm. years back, when we're here, it's like being on hallowed ground. Yes. And uh, so, yes, I've just, there's, God only knows how many times in my lifetime that I have thanked him for Connie mm. Maxwell being here, not only for my family, but the, what, the 17 mm. or 18,000 other 
boys and girls that have come through. Mm. So, uh, well, this has been a beautiful, delightful few moments. I can't believe we had that much rich conversation about the place we love. And I want to thank you for doing that today. And I know all you listeners out there have been blessed by not only the words of Virginia, but the spirit by which she said them in. So thanks for listening again. And listen, today sometime, if this has inspired you, if you could feel how much love means to a child, why don't you go find one and put them in your lap and hold them and talk to them or read them a story or read them the Bible or tell them what matters in life. Go find a child and love them because it makes a difference. And so pray for us here at Connie Maxwell. And thanks for all you do, for your gifts and your prayers. We look forward to seeing you. Come see us on campus. We'd love to see you. And until then, for the dreams of children, God bless. Take care. Thank you for listening to our For the Dreams of Children podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at ConnieMaxwell.com.